Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN, and that was the title track from the brand new album by our friend Dale Watson, Call Me Lucky. Thanks for joining us tonight, Dale. Thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate it. We, uh, I talked to you years ago, but I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, tell me about that song and tell me about this record. Uh, Call Me Lucky uh, is, is the song you just played. Is uh, That's a title track, and uh, it's a... Uh, uh, inspired by some uh, Wisconsin girls that, uh, that uh, you know, it, over the years, and we're talking about a lot of years, they've uh, kind of made it a, uh, a thing to take a picture of the, each one of them kiss me on each side of my cheek, you know, you know, a blonde on the left, uh, one on the left, one on the right, a blonde and a brunette, and uh, then one day I just thought, just talking to them at a table, I thought, you know, that'd make a good song, you know, because I feel lucky, you know, and uh, that's how it happened. What part of was you know we have Wisconsin listeners on our show? What, what part of Wisconsin are they from? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, that's a great town. Yeah, Milwaukee's a good it town. Is. I mean, and like I said, you know, those they've come to every show they can make, you know, and, and uh, so you know, I, you know, it makes you feel it does make you feel lucky to be able to have bands that that are that are you know that try to support you so often. Um. I'm very curious about this record because it was recorded. Uh, I knew Jerry and Knox Phillips, and uh, you recorded this at yeah, Sam Jerry. Phillips' recording. Um, so, talk about what was you know. Tell the listeners how historic that space is. I know my friend John Prine recorded there, and I think Big Star recorded there. Yeah. So, talk about sure. what it's like to record the, the vibe and then the technology they have, and how you know how how'd you how'd you come across them? Uh, well, I, uh, I guess I kind of. I went there back in the '80s uh, just to look at the place. That's when Roland James was still yeah. engineering there, and, and uh, you know it was crazy. I, I went to uh, ask because they don't give tours like they do at Sun, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just wanted to see the place. And, and uh, he happened to be there and with his keys on a on that keychain, that round thing that that retracts and holds the keys for. Yeah, he's putting a moth in a in a in a. Closet. I, we, I thought that was the janitor. I said, "Hey, you might we just look around for a second? And said, "Well, there's session there. Just don't bother nobody." And uh, then we started looking and saying, "You know, that looks like Roland James." And we asked him. He said, "Yeah, that's me." And uh, just nice guy. And I got to look around and and uh, had a bug to do something there ever since then. But uh, it wasn't until years later when Matt Rossbank, you know, he actually just won a couple of Grammys for uh, his engineering. And uh, uh, he went from Sun Studios over to Sam's. And having done that, uh, I went over there to see more of the studio and, and, and actually recorded there, you know, because I've done a couple of records with Matt over at Sun Studios over the years. You know, I've been, I've been I recorded there, I think, in 99 was the first time. You know, so, uh, so I just lit a fire to be able to do something at, at Sam's, and I met jerry phillips and we all hit it off i even wrote some songs with jerry and and uh so it's uh, the phillips family has been uh well like second family to me in memphis uh, and I, I love recording at sam's uh just as much as i love recording at sam's what's up is it is it old school recording is it analog i mean what's 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 it like there I, I went through there years ago uh jerry and knox took me through there but i haven't been through there probably in 10 15 years i think they, they, did. they have well they, 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 as opposed to uh uh, uh they, they have they have uh ability to both whether it's uh, analog or digital but 
we with that record, we actually did a, a combination of both. Do you feel vibe? Do you feel do you feel the history when you go in there? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Can't can't not. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it really is. Uh, as far as the space and 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 uh, it's just like it was in 1959 when he built it, and uh, and upstairs uh, where Sam's office was is untouched since 1959. So it's it's uh, it's still got the, the the breath of Sam in there somehow, you know. And and plus, you know, Jerry and and uh, uh, his the Phillips family is still there. Judd Phillips, uh, uh, Judd the Phillips, Judd Phillips Jr. I guess is what we'd be called. Uh, he he still works there, and and Hallie works uh, for a uh, uh, Sam Phillips recording, and so it's it's still a family business, and so you can still feel the vibe. That's great, and you've got you know you've got uh, uh, you moved to Memphis, right? Like part time. Talk about that. Right, I got I got a house in Memphis and a house. I can't, I can't keep my house in Austin. I always have a place here in Austin, but uh, I'm spending more time in Memphis uh, as much as I can because now. Not just uh, I've got a house there uh, that's part-time Airbnb, but uh, but also a like I was going to say beer joint, but it's not. It's a nightclub restaurant. So uh, and uh, it used to be pretty famous in its day. It was Hernando's Hideaway. So well, I've uh, been there. I <laughs> I years ago. The, 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 the fact <laughs> that you admit it is is uh, is pretty amazing because uh, I mean I've been there too, but. That was back when it was a pretty shady place. I know. I said I always tell people I wrote about it, and uh, we did the Jerry Lee Lewis uh, Ranch, and I was telling Jerry the third. Uh, it's and I've been to a few bars in my lifetime. It's the only uh, beer joint or bar or honky tonk whatever that I've walked across a pool of blood to get in the bar. It was that that I mean, oh, that yeah. was like the eighties or something when I was there. <laughs> so well, quite frankly, though, you know, it's uh, most of the honky tonks I played back in the eighties, uh, late seventies and eighties. Uh, that they were that way, you know. Yeah, uh, that's that was just uh, the nature of a of a beer joint, honky tonk, and all that, you know. But uh, but then you know, it's the only bar actually. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the only bar in all of uh, uh, the world, really. That that Elvis had played it, Jerry Lee, Johnny Cash at one point, uh, Charlie Rich, Carl Perkins, Billy Riley. You know, all, all them guys, uh, uh, Charlie Feathers, they've all played that place at one time in his career, early on, of course. Yeah, I didn't know that until uh, Jerry the Third told me about that. So are you in the process of uh, restoring it, and when's it going to be open? We should tell the listeners it's right. not too far from Graceland. It's right down the, the street there. Right down the street, yes. It's less than a mile, maybe a mile. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, we're trying to get it to uh, like it was in the 60s. Uh, the stage wise and and uh, uh, it never not, in the 60s it really didn't have uh, or actually say in the 50s it didn't have that that back area that was added on uh, but we're trying to make it like the 60s there and maybe it's going to be a restaurant too so uh, you know my partner is a, is a very successful restaurateur so uh, so it's going to be it's, uh, hopefully it'll be a place where uh, you know Amos can go see shows and uh, and also uh, you know be a nightclub too. What's the timetable? I mean, uh, will it be open this year? Well, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be well. This year, I guess it would not not this year, not twenty eighteen, but twenty nineteen. Well, yeah, twenty nineteen, <laughs> probably March, probably March. Oh, okay. So coming up, 
Yeah, it's coming yeah, up. Yeah, okay, okay. You know, during the Maripolitans, we wanted, we was hoping to get it open by then, but uh, I think we're, we're, we're not going to be able to have it open by then with all the inspections and everything. So, uh, But, uh, you know, Maripolitans come up February 25th. So uh, so it'll probably probably be uh, late March before we get it open. And okay, we I want to ask you another question. I would talk about the Ameripolitan and how that's different. That was one of my questions. How that's different from Americana and 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 what is that? The February twenty fifth. Well, by talking? definition, I mean uh, just a, a definition of Ameripolitan is uh, uh, original music with prominent roots influence. And how that differs from Americana is, in my opinion, uh, again this is my own definition, but Americana to me is. Uh, original music with prominent folk and rock influence. Ah, okay. You know, that, and I mean, that's again, that's that's just my take on it from, from listening to uh, Americana format and uh, how it would differ from if you were if, if we could ever get a uh, a radio reporting format called Ameripolitan, which I'm I'm working on now. We're trying to find uh, some uh, get a group of uh, reporting stations and and actually have a Okay, well, we're going to take a break. I'm going to play a couple little more things off the record. Uh, it's Dale Watson. The new record came out February 15th. Call Me Lucky. It's Red House? Red House Ameripolitan it's a, Records. It's a Red House, uh, and uh, actually the label that's in Nashville that uh, uh, that kind of, I guess they, they uh, took it over, is is a, a, a Compass Records. Oh, okay. Okay, so don't go away, and we're going to come back with more Dale Watson here on WGN's Nocturnal Journal. Live below Mississippi in a 57 bear lane. Stop and got a gold burger down at Johnny's drive-in. It was muggy and hot like a southern summer would be. But I felt cool with my baby right beside me That's heaven Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN 720. It's Dave Hoekstra on the phone with Dale Watson. And tell us about that song, Tupelo, Mississippi, and a 57 Fairlane. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, we, we uh, actually just did a video on that, so it's it's a... Uh... Uh, just probably out as we speak right now, or, or will be. Uh, it's it's uh, just really a story. You know, a lot, it's kind of I'm a little bit embarrassing. A lot of my songs come from just you know real moments in time in my in my life. You know, and I just happened to be uh, looking for a, a, I wanted a classic car to drive around Memphis, and you know, and uh, and because when I'm at my house there, and I've seen on Craigslist. Uh, this guy was selling a '57 Fairlane, and uh, in Tupelo. So I was in town. I go, well, it's a range of where I go down there. So I flew in and went down there. I liked it. I bought it, and I didn't realize it, but it was on the day. It was on Elvis Memorial Day. Oh, really? 16th, really? When I was in Tupelo, Mississippi, picking this, this thing up, I go, man, I got to go by the uh, the museum over there. Then I've never been there. So I went by the museum, and and he said, uh. Well, on your way out, you should you should uh, drive over to uh, Johnny's Drive-In, where Elvis used to go eat every time he you know, was going up here. It says that's where they served dough burgers. It's been there ever since. So they got even a booth out there where Elvis used to go to sit mm-hmm. in. 
so I did. I took the picture of Fairlane over there. It just felt like such a kismet thing, such a natural thing, you know, that drive a 57 Fairlane up to the Johnny's drive-in and I drove it into Memphis, you know, and, and on the way into Memphis, I wrote the song. Wow. wow. Right, while I was driving. But, it, you know, it's a, uh, the 57 Fairlane is, it's uh, for almost two years it had a, in the, in the, it took me a while to get to Memphis. It's because almost two years ahead of a boat gasoline uh, uh, tank in, in the trunk because the, the original tank had, had rusted out. So he replaced it with a with a, a boat, a marine gas tank. Oh. <laughs> so, so I had to stop. So I had to keep stopping about every every forty miles, you know. <laughs> um. In the last segment, we were talking about Memphis. I love Memphis. You know, like I told you, I was just there. And um, what made what was your decision to move there as opposed to Nashville or Chicago? Or I mean, I mean Nashville. But I mean, why did well, you pick I, Memphis? You know, I've always, I've, I've always had a lot of fun with Memphis in a way that I, you know, I've, like I said, I've been doing records there since 1999. I, uh, you know, I, I went to school uh, uh, for a year in Jackson, Tennessee, and would visit my dad there every year for, you know. 10 years outside of Jackson there. So, I mean, it's just Memphis is always, to me, uh, it, it had the, the influence, you know, of just Abel Sun Studio and all the acts that came out of there with Elvis and Johnny Cash and Gary Lee and Carl Perkins, Roy Orbison, Conway. You know I mean? It's, it just, uh, it, it's always been a, it's a, a, a spot, the Big Bang for me, a you know, Big Bang for uh, my musical universe. But, uh, I think uh, mainly because it is so opposite of Nashville, and uh, it, it, and I'm at a point in my career where I can live where I want to live, and uh, and being being in Memphis is is like being in Austin in the early '80s, uh-huh. where you, there's you feel something going on. The city is they're proud of uh, of their roots and heritage, uh, and they, they seem to be getting a hold of of that pride and really uh, the city just uh, has changed in a way that like you see somebody who's got newfound confidence in themselves, uh-huh. you know, and uh, you know what I'm talking about when, when uh, you, you see, you see somebody one day, you, know, you always thought, man, they seem so depressed and, and, and just sad, you know, and then, then one day you see them and it's like, wow, this is a totally different person. They've uh, discovered the self-worth, you know, and I think that's what's happened to Memphis, and I'm just proud to be getting there right at that time. And uh, and and quite frankly, hopefully, I'll, I'll contribute to it with the uh, Hernandos, you know, having live music there. I, I think live music is really thriving in Memphis. Yeah, at, at this moment. Yeah, it's such a great city. I've been going there, as I've said, I've been going there for years. I mean, you could do a. a and, you know, they don't they don't tear down things just to, just to make room for something uh, new. They they you know they they take things that that have roots and and uh, build on it. Uh, in other words, uh, most everything I see that they're, they're building there, they use the existing building uh, as it's, and make that uh, either whatever, a condo or a, you know, even oh, yeah. the old railroad way station. They're making, I guess this is novel. You know what they're making out of the old railway station? No, but I, go ahead. I didn't a know. new railway station. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're using they're using the same you know the outside of it and the, the beautiful architecture and and the vibe that you know, the city the city has, 
and they're just uh, you know, changing the infrastructure inside. It's funny you, you say know, that. So, I want to do a segment. Um, when I was down there uh, a few weeks ago, when I when I saw the ranch, um, there's a thing called Mem- I think it's called Memphis Crossroads. They took an old Sears and Art Deco. You should check this out if you haven't. An old Art Deco Sears building, and it's like a community center now. They've got a a global cafe there and restaurants, and they just started this about a year ago. But you're exactly right. Yes, they, they took this old place, yeah. and it's really really just great architecture and a great vibe in there. It's just a community, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you know Amy LeVere and Will Sexton. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, Will Sexton is a, a Austin guy that, you know, of course, him and Charlie uh, Sexton, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, icons here in Austin. Will moved to Memphis and uh, with uh, Mary Amy LeVere, who's an outstanding artist herself, and they live right across the road to the house. It's for a little dinner party, and, and uh, right across from our, the road there is that, is that Old Sears building. Yeah. She told me about that. Yeah, it's really, really it's beautiful. Cool. You know, it's a beautiful building. I'm glad they didn't turn it down. Yeah, it's, and parking's easy. It's You're right. It's it's really nice what they're doing there. Um, and then, yeah, back to the record. I mean, there's a whole Memphis. you got Jason D. Williams on here. Tell the listeners who he is <laughs> on piano. People don't know who Jason D. Williams is. Yeah. Uh, they're, that's, that's one of the uh, life's wonderful surprises they got in store for them. Because uh, because uh, when you when you once you discover Jason D. Williams, uh, there's two things that go through your mind. One is, uh, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm watching I'm watching Jerry Lee Lewis in the, from the fifties. You know, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. And then the second thing is, uh, it's, it's, but the Jim Paul Paul of the tree, this guy. He's got his own stuff to offer, but he is the epitome of Ameripolitan, uh, where I, I say, you know, you have influences and you have what's in you, you know, the natural, your natural inclination, what kind of music that's, that is of you and in you, and then it's not polluted by what Nashville or L.A. want you to do, or want to turn you into. And uh, so, obviously, his influence is, is his uh, dad, Jeremy himself and uh uh but his originality comes in if i'm I'm gonna uh paraphrase a quote from john lennon his originality comes in on his inability to imitate jerry lee lewis Mm -hmm. so he's got in other words jason d williams has his own original stuff he puts in there that that uh was you know it's just him that he can't he can't uh because he can't copy Jerry Lee exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's beautiful to be able to see something that's that's so close to Jerry Lee Lewis, but so very original. Yeah. It's exciting, you know. I mean, and that's what that's what I think is uh, uh, when I when I tell all these artists that come to Ameripolitan, they're nominated. I said, you know, don't change. Anything, just go with your heart. Do what you do. What you're doing, you know. If, I mean, if they want to change on their own to do something else, that's in them too. You know, you don't do it just because uh, you know a record company wants you to do it or to sell records. You know. Yeah. Well, we're lucky to have you. Um, lucky that you're doing this. Your record is called "Call Me Lucky." It's Dale Watson. That's on Red House. Is there a website uh, where people could follow you and get more information? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's 
And uh, also, you know, you, we, you mentioned uh, Jason Williams on the record. I, I don't want to uh, uh, forget about. Uh, I had W. S. Holland on on one song. Yeah, played on the dumb song. You had Mickey. You had Mickey Raphael on harmonica. Yeah, that's another thing. That's that, uh, it was this it was planned to be Mickey mostly on it in the first place, and then when it uh, schedules kind of got screwed around and, and couldn't really uh, get him in there on the right day, so we, so we didn't get him on all the stuff. But uh, so and, and also the when the horns came in, you know, it kind of juggled some of the harmonica stuff. So. Mickey, who plays harmonica for Willie Nelson, of course, yeah, right. most probably the most famous sounding harmonica in music. You know. uh, yeah, it was great to have him there too. You know, it, it was it was a quite a uh, quite a couple of days of sessions. You know. Well, good for you. We're going to take a break, and we'll do one more session. Uh, i got to talk about uh, our love, our mutual love of, uh, of truck driving and stuff. So this will be fun, and we'll sure. talk about a new track on the record. So don't go away with Dale Watson on WGN's Nocturnal Journal. David Parks, Kemper, Vignano, Estacado. Farms 3,700 acres outside of Lubbock. He's a harvest time trucker hauling wheat and corn and sorghum. David Bucks Kemper from Yano, West Dakota. He's a farming trucker. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN 720. And we're so lucky to have Dale Watson on from Austin, Texas. Truck driving music, David Bucks Kemper. Now he's a real guy. So talk about this track. He's a real guy. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was strange. Uh, I uh, well, discovered him, or uh, he sent me an email through the website. Like I said, I you know he didn't hold me through there, Facebook, and he sent an email saying uh, that he had just discovered me through uh, Reverend Horton Heat. Who's a, I, I toured with him. He's a mutual friend, more on the rockabilly side of the world, and and. Uh, we had a tour, and, and so he decided to look up some of my music, and he and uh, he found the truck driving uh, albums I got. I got three trucking albums. <laughs> I've got them. Yeah. Uh, do you? Well, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why would we play the very first one? I mean, we, we were way back there. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, yeah, him and his his fond memories are him and his uh, dad watching uh, Hee Haw and and uh, listening to trucking songs and and uh, you know back in the seventies when the the Fucking songs were big, you know, and uh, so he just kind of it, it, it connected him with a his, an old love that he didn't even realize he had, and uh, so he uh, reached out to me. And so I thought his thought his uh, story was interesting because he said, "Yeah, I, I got a truck, but I only drive it, you know, one day a year, or two days a year, I guess. Yeah, uh, hardest time, you know." And uh, so I said, expound on it. Tell me, tell me more about it. And so he did, and I put it in a song. And uh, so he's he, he he loves it. He, he's getting uh, he's become a local celebrity in uh, Lubbock there, or Yano Escapado, actually. <laughs> Where was uh, like I said? I I know you've got a great history with uh, with truck driving. Do you really have a commercial driver's license? I've never asked you that before. Oh yeah, yeah. I have the have the CDL, have the Met car, I have the. Uh, uh, Mitt Carter had to uh, have to do a drug test, uh, random drug testing. I have to do a, 
I have to get my ICTA taxes. I have to do all of it. Yeah. Do you actually drive the bus sometimes? Do you drive? Do you drive the bus, the band bus, sometimes? Well, yeah. Now that it does, uh, I'm in between bus drivers. Yeah, I, I drive it all the time now. <laughs> One time I was on a story uh, with uh, with actually I don't know if you know this. I'm I'm not really uh, I I don't I'm not a singer. I'm I'm a uh, I'm Bill Watson's bus driver. <laughs> I, I just I call myself when I'm driving the bus. I call myself Earl Change. <laughs> Oh, change. Now, one time I did a story with uh, Asleep at the Wheel. They put me on that old bus. I forgot whose bus it was. It was Ernest Tubbs. I don't know. It was, it was years ago. It was in the 90s. And Ray Benson took over the wheel, but it was, that was a little scary. I was sitting next to him, and it was, I was well, a little nervous. Funny, you know, the bus, the bus we got right now, I bought from Ray Benson. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. He, he which he bought from uh, Carlos Santana. Did he really? What kind of bus? Now, this, is not on my, this wasn't on my list of questions. What kind of bus is it? That's a Prevo, nineteen ninety seven Prevo. Yeah, Before okay. that, I had an Eagle, and, and uh, 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 that was that was the kind of bus that uh, the Ernest Tubb bus that you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I got I got a Prevo now, and, and I, yeah, you swung to Ray. I love Ray. Ray Benson's a dear friend, and, and has helped me tremendously. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, so the truck driving, yeah, I'd be nervous if he was driving too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the truck driving thing, I mean, you, that's just been part of your cornerstone of your, your music. I mean, your voice is so so good for that, but how how'd you get into that, and why do you, why do you continue? Well, my dad was a truck driver. Yeah. My dad was a truck driver, so it, uh, and, and then uh, in the 90s, uh, you always wanted to write a, a trucking album, because I did this thing, uh, uh, it was a truck stop tour uh, uh, back in the days when uh, they used to have the, the road gang on, on the radio, and they... They they uh, lined it up with a uh, 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 a charity and, and this flatbed trailer, and it would go around to truck stops, and we'd play on the flatbed. And so during that time, I had enough songs to do an album. So, uh, so yeah, just truck truck drivers and musicians pretty much travel the same roads all the time, and and uh, so it, it was kind of it, it was it felt hand in hand when you're talking about. Road life of a musician or road life of a trucker. Well, that's why I like talking about it. The show at night is heard in 38 states and northern Mexico. So I'm sure we have some truckers who listen. So that that's why it's an important part well, of my, I hope so. my, my, yeah. rep, my repertoire. I bet you played the, uh, I think I remember this now because I stopped there now and then when I'm driving around. I bet you that tour took you to the world's largest truck stop over there in Walcott, Iowa. Walcott. Yeah. Yeah, Walcott. You bet. Isn't Absolutely. A, uh, which is amazing. If you ever, anybody hasn't been there, Especially during the you know, uh, the trucking days over there, this they should go to that. It's just some. Just, I mean, anytime you stop over there, I, I end up losing myself. That's like a candy candy story. You know? Yeah, you know, the chrome water on the bus and this and that. And it's clean. I mean, there's no hookers or anything, right, Dale? <laughs> yeah, sadly, it's it's pretty clean. It's. Sadly, it's a very family. It is friendly place. They got a museum. They got a museum there and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they, got, they got a museum. They got they got a movie theater. They got a uh, barber shop. I think they got a dentist office. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a great record, Dale Watson. There's not a bit twelve tracks. There's not a bad track on it. Johnny and June. You want to touch on that before we go? I mean, what a that's that's so good. Sure. Yeah, talk about that one. Well, I wrote that. I wrote that with Celine Lee, uh, who is a great rockabilly artist, uh, and. You know, we just uh, started talking from text. Uh, I started writing songs with her because I seen a picture on her Facebook, and I, I met her in New York City. But I seen a picture on her Facebook, and it inspired me to write uh, an EP of songs. 
and, and it, we did it over text. So it happened so easily. Uh, we she came up with this idea, and uh, so we just wrote it right there. It didn't take long at all. Uh, I was driving at the time, so I had to have my daughter text back, you know, to her. So it was written written by me and her, but somehow my daughter was involved too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's very, you know, it's the heartfelt song in, in a way that, you know, when that was it happened right after Johnny had died, I guess. And, and uh, uh, he, you know, he just kind of epitomized uh, a, such great love for a woman. And so if you're going to miss somebody, that's, because, you know, I feel like he he died uh, from missing June. He didn't die from his his Parkinson's. I think he just died from because he just missed her so much. Yeah, yeah, that happens. That happens. Thank you so much, Dale Watson. Thanks for being so generous with your time. I do have one more question. Dale, I'm looking at the CD here. Dale Watson, call me lucky on uh, Red House. It says a Compass Records group here on the on the label. That's where, right. Where was the artwork taken? No, on the back. No dope smoking, no cursing, no free <laughs> EH. Where, where was the shot? You don't recognize that place. No. Actually, it's upstairs, so you may not. It's in Memphis, there, a place called... Uh, uh, Ernestine Hazel. Oh, Ernestine Hazel's. Yeah. Okay. I've been up there, but it was crowded when I was up there years ago. So yeah, yeah. Well, I oh, really? Because upstairs was a bordello. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so maybe somebody. Oh, yeah, it was crowded. It was, it was crowded in that bordello. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Tell the, and for the listeners, it's now that's not far from the train station, right? And uh, no, right across the yeah, street. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Great. Well, and, and for the listeners, it's, it, it was what used to be a bordello back in the day. Yeah. You know, what, what, it's not a bordello anymore. Yeah. Ernestine Hazel's is great. Uh, they get a uh, fantastic burger there yeah. and uh, some good beer. So. Okay, you're a good man, Dale Watson, and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch with you and let listeners know when you come up to Chicago, too. Probably this summer, maybe? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We're coming through there. I think I'm coming through there with Kinky Freeman, too. So, uh, uh, but so, yeah, we'll definitely uh, see it. I think actually, actually March, might be March. Okay. I'll okay. have to check. Okay, we'll find out. Thanks, Dale, and uh, stay in touch. And now, that's Adios, it. Amigo. Dale Watson, that's for all the truck drivers out there. And no uh, Chicago dates quite yet. So we'll keep you posted here.